Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Good, good, awesome. Well, I am so honored uh, to be able to speak to you guys this morning. If this is your first time here, you don't know who I am. Um, I'm Eric Robertson, and I'm the student pastor here at VFC, and I've been serving here for about six years, and it's just been an amazing six years. I've grown so much, and um, it's always an honor to get to share on a Sunday morning, especially when Jamie's not on vacation. Wow, this is great. I think I may have arrived. I'm tenured. Let's do this. I'm here to stay. Um, but I'm always really, really excited to get up here, and especially in such an important series. Um, in this series, we've been talking about making room in our lives for things that are essential in our walk with Jesus, right? Um, and this, it's been very intentional that we've started off the year with this series, guys, because let me tell you, God like, has been doing so much in VFC over the past seven to 10 years. Like God is constantly when moving. In fact, it's kind of funny when people are praying for revival and I talk to people that are praying for revival because I'm like, man, I think, I think we might be in it. I'm not sure, but I think we're here. Um, but God is going to be doing so much more in the coming months in this upcoming year. Like we've got this awesome sanctuary that's being built. And as we um, begin to prepare for that, it's important that not only the staff and the leadership are preparing our hearts, but that you guys who are in this together with us are preparing and making room in your hearts for the things um, that are essential to your walk with Jesus. It's important that as God continues to pour out blessings over Thomasville and over the VFC family, um, that we focus on our spiritual health. And that's what we've been doing to kick off the new year. We've been talking about making room. Um, We've talked about making room for vision, maturity, and community so far. And I just encourage you, if you have missed um, any message in this series, that you go back and listen to it. It's on our podcast. It's on our Facebook page. It's on our website. um, Because these things are going to be essential as we move forward in this year. Um, And this week, um, I have the honor to talk about uh, making room for service. Making room for service. Um, If there's been a common theme in this series, and one of the things I really love about this series is each and everything that we talk about requires you to do something. It requires you to move forward, right? Vision, we talked about in the first week, requires you to be introspective, to go to God in prayer and to receive a vision for your life and the life of your family, Maturity. We talked about that in week two, and that requires you to take on uh, more responsibility to begin to do things that challenge yourself spiritually because we can't just be little baby, eight pound, six ounce Christians for our entire life, right? We've got to grow up. And then finally, last week, we talked about community, and community requires you to leave your house sometimes, right? Um, And my introverts last week were like, man, you really felt called out during that. But it's okay. It was an amazing sermon, and I encourage you guys to go back and listen to it. 
But service is no different. See, service requires something from you too. Service requires you to give up your time and sometimes even give up your resources for the benefit of others with no expectation of anything in return. See, to define service, service is the act of helping others from a place of compassion in order to give glory to God. That's what service is. It's the act of helping others from a place of compassion in order to give glory to God. And there's a two-part definition in that that you need to pay attention to. The first part is the intention. Why do we serve others? Your intention matters, right? And we serve people from a place of compassion, not a place of selfish ambition, not from a place to say, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing. No, we serve other people because we recognize the image of Christ in them, right? We recognize that they were created in the image of God and that they may have a need and we are called as Christians to help fulfill that need. And the second part to that definition is in order to give glory To God. That's why we do this. We serve not to bring glory to ourselves, not to bring attention to what we're doing, but bring to bring attention to the God who gave everything for us so that they too, um, through our service, can be included in the plan of redemption that God has for humanity. Guys, service is an essential part of your spiritual growth, but it oftentimes gets the least amount of attention. If we're honest with ourselves, I'm seriously, we, we like to focus on worship. We love worship. Like this is a worshiping church. We have no problem getting people to a Friday night fire. In fact, we're, we're doing this prayer and fasting worship night on Sunday nights. And I came last week and I was shocked at the amount of people that were there. Like the people in this church, they're hungry for prayer and worship, right? Um, people love Bible study, Right? Uh, we, we do our school of ministry here on, uh, during uh, certain semesters, and, and there are like literally over 100 people during our school of ministry season sign up to learn more about the word. But service, again, is something that we don't often think about when it comes to our own spiritual health. In fact, if you ask someone, like, how are you doing spiritually, the gauges that they're probably going to use to answer that question are going to be prayer, worship, and Bible study, right? They'll say something like, well, you know, I'm doing really good, but I just haven't really been connecting to God in prayer much lately, right? Or they'll say something like, well, I'm, I'm doing all right, but I really need to work on my relationship with the word of God. But no one ever says, well, you know what? I think I've got it all down, but I just don't think I'm serving enough, right? We, ne- we never use that gauge to assess our own spiritual health. Like, no, I haven't really been serving much lately. But guys, it's a vital part of our spiritual health, and it's often views, viewed as extra or voluntary. It's similar to evangelism, right? Service is similar to evangelism in that it's something that we're all called to do, but a lot of times if we see someone that's particularly gifted in that, we're like, I'm just going to let them do it. They, they totally got that, right? Like, when I think of evangelism, we have some evangelists in here, man. Tim Martin is one of them. I was talking to someone the other day, and, and Tim came out of nowhere. Like, literally, it's like he just poof, and started talking. And we was talking to the guy, he's like, I ain't seen you in church lately. And I'm like, get him, Tim. Get him. Right? And so, but just because there are people particularly gifted in a certain area doesn't mean that you aren't also called to operate in that area, right? If someone's good at evangelism, that doesn't get you off the hook, right? And we have a lot of people that are great at serving. There are people up here 
every single week that are serving the Lord, whether it be through food pantry or setting up and tearing down or or helping with CR. But just because they are particularly gifted in that area doesn't mean that you also aren't called to do those things as well. See, service is something that I've personally struggled with in my walk throughout the years, right? And you would think that since I work at a church, it would come easy to me, right? Well, I'm here all the time. I'm serving people all the time, but it's actually been really hard for me. In fact, I remember one time the Lord smacked me upside the head. Has anybody ever had that happen before? Like you just got checked by the Holy Ghost. Your eyes went cross. It was a couple years ago, and we were doing, I believe it was like a manna drop up here on a Saturday, right? And uh, Saturdays are, you know, sacred to most men because of reasons. Football. In football. And uh, there was a mana drop going on, and they needed some extra hands. There wasn't as much sign up as they thought. And I remember someone reaching out to me, sending me a text. And, and I, I think to myself, man, I have been up at this church for like 40, 50 hours this week, and now they want me to go out there on a Saturday during football and go out there and, and like deliver food to people. And then immediately my heart was convicted and I just remember the Lord speaking in my heart saying, where do you think the other people that are volunteering out there, where have they been the whole week? Been working 40, 50 hours a week, taking care of their family, taking their kids to doctor's appointment. And if they can get out there and do it, you can get out there and do it. And the Lord checked my heart when it came to service. But don't, we all kind of struggle in that area. Next slide. And the reason that we struggle to make room for service is because of the hustle culture that is holding our time hostage. Guys, your time is being held hostage. Guys, we have games, we have practices, we have work meetings, we have conferences, we have doctor's appointments, we have vacation, we have plays. And that's just a few of the things that are taking up time in our life. Has anyone ever been embarrassed by their screen time report on their phone? Like, I I got like, I was like, man, this is bad. I have a problem. And don't you, if you, parents, if you want to be surprised, ask your kids what their screen time report was. I can't even talk about it in youth one time because when I do, and I'm like, all right, raise your hand if you got three, four hours, five hours, six hours. Seven hours? I've had kids with 10 hours of screen time on their phone. And yet, some of us have similar screen times, yet we say we don't have enough margin in our lives. Guys, your time is being held hostage by culture, by the enemy, by the things that are irrelevant and have no eternal significant value. And that is what we have to fight against. Maybe some of us would want to serve more But we say, hey, you know what, I I don't have enough time. Or maybe you want to serve more and maybe you've actually been, like, you've experienced burnout at the hands of a ministry or a church and you told yourself, you know what, never again. I'm never going to get caught up in that again. And so instead of finding that middle ground and finding healing, you've just swung to the other side and you said, you know what, I'm not going to do anything at all. And maybe then some of us are just lazy And the thing is, guys, is I could have checked each one of those boxes at different points in my life. But what you need to know is lacking time and motivation to to serve the Lord indicates that you are lacking in your personal spiritual health. Guys, service is a spiritual discipline. 
It's just like prayer. It's just like worship. It's just like Bible study. And alongside that is service. And when you are not doing one of those four things, you are lacking something spiritually. If you have ever been in a place where you're like, man, I've been praying, I've been coming to church, I've been doing the worship thing, but I still feel like I'm missing something. Guys, you're missing service because it's what you were created to do. You have to have a balanced diet, right? It's so funny that our body, same with our physical, our spiritual health and our physical health kind of mirror each other because your body can need two seemingly opposite things in order to be healthy, right? Your body needs rest, needs at least seven to eight hours of it a day, but your body also needs strenuous activity, right? It needs two seemingly opposite things in order to be completely healthy. But what happens when you do only one of those things? Let's say you're going, 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 you're exercising, but you're not sleeping well. What's going to happen? You're not going to be healthy. What happens when you're just sleeping all the time? You're just resting all, you're vegging out on the couch. You're not going to be healthy. If we don't balance our spiritual diet, we can get spiritual scurvy. Arg. And if you don't know what scurvy is, it's a, it's a disease, it's a sickness that we don't really deal with much today, right? Because we have this thing called science. But back before people knew a bunch about the human body, what would happen is these sailors would go out on long journeys, pirates, sailors would go out on these long journeys, and they would bring, I mean, pirates aren't dumb. They brought food, they brought fresh water, they brought the different things that they needed, but they would go out on these long journeys and they would still be sick, right? And I don't, look up the symptoms of scurvy, it's pretty gross. No wonder pirates didn't have any teeth. Um, but what they found is that scurvy is actually the result of a lack of vitamin C. So there was one essential nutrient that these sailors were taking, that were, they were not taking out on their journey, and it resulted in a physical sickness. And guys, when it comes to our spiritual journey with the Lord, a lot of us have set out on this journey, and we've got the prayer thing down, we've got the worship thing down, we've got the Bible study thing down, but we're missing a vital aspect of our spiritual health, and we find ourselves spiritually sick, and that missing link is service. You were created to do good things. That's what Ephesians says. You are are God's masterpiece created for the works that he has prepared for you. You were created to do good things. And this has been true not just now, but since the beginning of the church. Did you know that the early church was not as much marked by its miracles or by its worship? or even by its prayer, do you want to know how people knew who the Christians were? They were the weirdos eating dinner with the poor and needy. They were the people serving the unservable. They were the people helping the indigent. And if you read any book on church history, that's what you'll find. Almost every quote in reference to the early church by pagans references the the, the craziness of the Christians going out and helping those that everybody else walked over. And so I have this quote by an emperor, Emperor Julian. He was an emperor during around 330, 335 AD. And he says this, whilst the pagan priests neglect the poor, the hated Galileans, that's what they called Christians, devote themselves to works of charity or love. And by a display of false compassion, have established and given effect to their pernicious errors. See their love feasts and their tables spread for the indigent. 
Such practice is common among them and causes a contempt for our God. Let me translate that into 2023. Look how they help the poor and needy. This can't be real. It brings shame on our false idols. So even the pagan emperors and the people that persecuted Christians, when they saw what the Christians were doing, they were indignant because they were like, look, they're putting us to shame. The very people that we walk over are the ones that they're eating meals with. And to them, it didn't even seem real. That's why he calls it false, like this false compassion that they have, right? The Christians were doing so many like incredible acts of service for the world around them, it didn't even seem real. And so that is the issue that we have today, specifically in the Western church, specifically in the American church. Like I was actually talking to a, a, a Hispanic minister this past week and I was talking about my sermon to him and he was like, you know, it's funny because you know, in, in, in my context, a small country Hispanic church, he was like, uh, you know, we, we have the opposite problem. Like, we, we have to preach about actually giving financially because all of our people, they love to help and serve. Like they, they serve at every event they possibly can, but money seems to be the issue. But with, more, with our church and, and the more Western churches, we tend to have this issue where we're like, hey, you know what, I have money, I can throw money at it, but I just don't want to get my hands dirty. Right? And so we need to reverse that because the church was marked by Christian service early on. So why do we serve? Well, first off, we serve to practice our righteousness. To practice our righteousness. If you want to get better at something, what do you do? You practice it, right? I remember I got my first guitar when I was like seven years old. It's an Alvarez. I still have it. Um, and I would get so frustrated with that thing for like years, five or six years. I'd get so frustrated because I'd pull it out like once a year, I'd try to piddle on it and I would like just get nowhere with it and I'd put it back up. And then finally, when I was 15 years old, I pulled it out. I started taking guitar classes and I got obsessed with it. I played it every single day. I, I couldn't, I had a guitar class at school. I went there during my lunch break in practice. Some would say I played until my fingers bled. Um, but it was actually 2009. It wasn't 1969. But I got better at it because I had to practice. When it comes to our righteousness, you have to understand this. Your righteousness is a gift from God. You have been made right with God, not because of anything that you've done, not because of any works of righteousness that you may have accomplished. No, you have been made right with God just because of your faith in Jesus, because of what God has done with you. But now we have been called to go out and practice our righteousness. In Matthew 6, 1, Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So Jesus is in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. He's basically teaching us what does it mean to be a person of the kingdom. And then he follows up with beware of practicing your righteousness. And I don't want to focus much on the intention there, but I love how Jesus called it practicing your righteousness. If you are a Christian, you have been made new. You're a new creation. You've been given new desires. You've been given a new life. And now you need to learn how to use that thing. And the only way that you learn how to walk in the righteousness that you've been freely given is by, to get, is by getting out there and doing it. You've got to get reps in. Anybody in here that's ever played a sport or played an instrument or done anything worth doing knows that it takes time and practice to get good at it. And your faith is no different. We have been, we have been set up. God has given us everything. He's given us everything. And our, our, like our relationship with him is not based on how many hours you log. But we still have to get out 
and practice our faith. 1 John 3.17 says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? What you do for other people doesn't get you saved, but it is proof of your salvation. You don't do good things to get saved, but because you are saved, what? You get to do good things. That is the calling in your heart. It's what you were created for. 2 Peter 1.10, so dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Wow. Wow, that's a, that cuts you deep. Let me read that again. Work hard to prove that you really are among those that God has called and chosen. You've been saved, you've been delivered, you've been healed. Now get out there and prove it to the world. This is, in my head, this is like Peter's equivalent of like a halftime speech during football, right? Like he's getting up there and he's like, look guys, God has given you everything. You have all of his glorious inheritance. You have been saved. You have been set free. Now get out there and prove that to the world. Show the world what God is capable when they see your life before you knew the Lord and they see what you're doing now to serve him. Get out there and prove it. So why do we serve? To practice our righteousness. Guys, you got to get some reps in. Why else do we serve? To share the gospel. When we make an effort to help others from a place of compassion, we become conduits or pipelines for the gospel message. When you are out there serving the needs of others, you are a gateway to the gospel for those people. And you don't know how many times literally a week probably as I'm out in public or the like me and Jamie or whoever will be out at lunch and people will come up to us and say and they'll start talking about one of you guys good things good things and they'll be like hey I ran into so-and-so and they go to your church and that person man they helped me here they 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 they, they were standing by me here they prayed for me when I was going through this that happens every single week you do not realize what your act of kindness and what your act of service means to someone in the community and you know what it does you become a, a conduit for the gospel into their lives and you know what they do they give glory to God because of it They give glory to God because of the thing, the simple thing, and it may not even have been anything big. A lot of times it's not. A lot of times it's like, hey, I know such and such, and man, they're like my neighbor, and they found out about my mom, and and they've just been praying for me, and I just want you to know y'all are doing a great job. And we're like, it ain't us. That guy's just an incredible guy, (laughs) right? It's really cool to see that. Matthew 5, 16 says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works And give glory to your Father in heaven. You are a light in a dark world. You have the antidote to darkness inside of you. What are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? It's not just for select people. It's not just for those with a particular gifting. It's for everyone. Why else do we serve? To be good stewards of our time. To be good stewards of our time. We talked about this a little bit before. Our time is being held hostage. There are people that are fighting for your time. There are companies. To, you have, there's a bunch of companies that exist in this world, and to them, you're just a number. And they're, they're watching to see how much time they can steal from you. You're just a number. But to God, you have a name. And just like tithing 
teaches us to be good stewards of our resources. Serving teaches us to be good stewards of our time. And I think this is such a cool concept because when it comes to tithing, let's take tithing for example. You mean to tell me, God, you're going to give me something, I give you a small percentage of it, and then you bless the entire whole, but in the beginning, you didn't really need any of it to begin with, right? Because you are the owner of all resources, you do have and, and, and uh, disperse all things, and so I just have to give this thing back to you? Like God doesn't need our money, he wants our hearts, right? And so when it comes to our time, Guys, you have been bought and paid for with a price. Your life is not your own anymore. And we have to be wise in how we use our time. Guys, helping others combats the consumer culture that we live in. Guys, Christians are not just consumers. We are contributors. We are not just numbers. We have names and we go out to serve other people who have names as well. We're not called just to sit and to consume and say, feed me. And we see, we've seen some of this kind of creeping into the Western church. People show up at church on Sunday and they're like, feed me. Feed me, supply my needs. But there's no contribution on their part. Because we're not called to just be consumers. We're called to be contributors. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. This culture, this age that we live in will do anything it possibly can to get you to waste your time. That's so funny. When we, when we give our time to the world, the time is wasted. But when we give our time to the Lord, it becomes a seed. It becomes a seed that God nourishes and that God blesses. The time that you spend serving is not wasted time. The time that you spend serving is an investment in the kingdom of God. It's, not a, it's like a mutual fund. You know what a mutual fund is? It's not just an investment into one thing. It's an investment into multiple things. You're investing in blessing in your life. You're, blessing, you're investing in hope and blessing that other per- person's life. And you're investing in the overall kingdom of God when you serve. James 4.14. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. No one's getting that tattooed on them anywhere. Like, that's not the cute little, let me pull out my prayer journal and write that thing out. I am just a little, I'm just a mist, right? Or as we would say here, you're butt dust. I'm just dust vanishing in the wind. Guys, in the grand scheme of eternity, our lives are very, very, very short. The Bible says we are like mist. We're here for a moment and then we're gone. What's your legacy? What legacy are you leaving? Are you leaving a legacy of having watched every Netflix original? Or are you leaving a legacy of having been the person in your neighborhood that people came to for prayer and help? Are you leaving the legacy of being the person in your family that is kingdom-minded and serves others, that counts others' needs as more important than yourself? What legacy are we leaving? So who do we serve? We got the why, who do we serve? Just like, oh, I'm sorry, that was my thing. Should have put that up there. Who do we serve? Jeez. I don't know. There we go. Who do we serve? Well, we serve other believers. And this is kind of cool. The Bible actually tells us to place priority on other believers. And the thing is, guys, is that this is not a membership perk 
of being in the kingdom of God, right? This isn't like, hey, sign up to be a part of VFC and you'll get your utility bill partly paid for once a year and you may get some groceries and it's not like a food pantry subscription. No, no, this is not a membership perk, but this is taking care of the body of Christ, right? When we place priority on believers, we are, we are placing a priority on the care and nutrition of the body, right? If you've ever been on an airplane or you've been in an emergency situation, what do they always tell you first? When the mask drops, what do you do? You put it on yourself first so that you can put it on the person next to you if they're struggling because you're not gonna be much good to them if you've passed out. Or if you've been in an accident, you check yourself first because you cannot stop someone else's bleeding if you yourself are bleeding. And guys, the body of Christ, the church, is the ministry of Christ to the world. And when someone in our body is hurting, we have to help them first. We place a priority on helping those within the church. No, it's not about being a part of the cool kids club. No, it's about doing effective ministry for the kingdom of God because the hope is inside of us. And so when we are whole, when an individual is whole, the whole church is whole. But if there is an individual hurting within our body, we're not as effective. And so we place priority on other believers. Um, 1 Peter 4.10 says, each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's various grace. Peter was not writing to unbelievers. He was writing to a church. And he says, the gifts that you have, whether they be serving, whether they be speaking, Whether they be financial, use them on one another. And so we're called to help the people within the church. Who else do we help? The least. We help the least of these. Guys, we are called to serve people who could never repay us. And that is antithetical to the culture that we live in because usually you scratch, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, right? That's how the world goes around. Like, I'll help you now so that later when I need help, you'll help me. That's the way the world operates, but that's not how the kingdom operates. The kingdom says, help someone who could never repay you. Help someone that could never repay you because, guys, we serve serve people who could never pay us back because we serve a God who paid a debt we could never pay. That's why we do what we do. In Matthew 25, it's actually verses 34 through 40. That's the second half of the parable. Um, it's a parable that Jesus told, and it's actually a parable of judgment. It says at the end of times, the king will come and he will separate people, some to his left and some to his right. And he'll look to the people on his right and say, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was sick, you took care of me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And the people are like, what? When did we feed you? When did we give you something to drink? When did we visit you? He says, if you've done one of these things to the least of these It's as if you've done it to me. So when we serve someone and give someone like our heart, our time, our resources, we're not just doing it to them, we're doing it to Jesus. When we serve others, you're not just serving that individual, you're serving the Lord. How do you serve Jesus now? Is Jesus here physically with us now? No, he's in our spirit. He's in heaven. But how do you serve Jesus here on this earth? You serve his people. You serve his people. And who are his people? Other believers and people that could never pay you back. 
We're called to serve the least. James 1.27 says that religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. The purest form of being a Christian is to help someone that could never do anything for you. James says, widows and orphans, and I love how it says, in some version it says, in their affliction. It says it here, to visit widows, orphans and widows in their affliction. Right? We have this idea, man, if I could just get them to church. Like, our Western culture, I'm not saying BFC, but Western culture is very church-centric. Like, if I could just get them here, if I could just get them here. To visit widows and orphans in their affliction. Taking the light of the gospel, taking the kingdom of God to where they are. Not trying to get them to a certain place. Not trying to clean them up and say, hey, when you, can, when you can do this, when you can get your life together, when you can start making better decisions, then we can offer you some help. No, taking the kingdom of God to where they are in that moment. That is the kingdom. That is how we serve. Um, and then finally, who do we serve? Everyone else. Everyone else. No one is exempt. There's no one lost, right? We help everyone else. Luke 10, uh, verses 25 through uh, 37 is the parable of the Good Samaritan. We know this story. There's a Samaritan, I'm sorry, there's a man, a Jewish man walking on the road to Jericho. He gets beaten, he gets thrown to the side by robbers. And then uh, a Levite walks by him and says, You know what? I don't want to get involved with that. And then a priest walks past and says, you know what, I don't, I don't want to mess with that right now. But then finally a Samaritan, and if you know the story, the Samaritan and the Jewish people were enemies, they were sworn enemies, they did not like each other. And it was the Samaritan man who helped this Jewish man on the side of the road. And Jesus asked those people, who was the, who was the neighbor to this Jewish man? And they had to say the Samaritan. But my question to you is, who was the neighbor to the Samaritan man? The one who needed help. Who do you help? The person that needs it, right? There's no mystery. There's no, well, I didn't feel led to help that person or I just didn't do that. No, we bring help to the person that needs it. And I've got to keep moving, guys. So finally, how do you serve? How do you serve? Number one, you can sign up to serve on a VFC ministry team. Guys, VFC, I love VFC because we've never prided ourselves in being a building. We are a net, We're a community of believers and we cast our net out across this community and we bring everybody in here that that can catch that we can catch in that net. And each one of those knots is a ministry team here at VFC. So if you're looking for a way to serve, you saw the faces of these individuals that are going to give their hearts and their lives this year to serving in a ministry at VFC. I want to read uh, 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. It says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very, very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks, oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God might be glorified through Jesus Christ. We are called to serve one another. And one of the best and easiest ways, if you're not used to this, to get plugged in is to serve on a VFC ministry team. And then finally, number two, guys, just help those whose needs move you. Is there someone in your life, maybe it's a neighbor down the road, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's someone that you pass by on the street and God tugs on your heart to help that person? Like, don't call up me or Pastor Jamie and say, hey, I feel like, should I help this person? No, God moved on your heart to do it, do it. We're gonna gonna say, yes, absolutely. We're gonna release you to serve and help that person, right? 
So think about it. Who do you serve? Like whose needs are moving on your heart right now? When you pass by them on the street or when you read about what they're going through, it could be a ministry, it could be something across the other side of the world. Whose needs move on your heart? Because those are the people that you need to serve. You don't need permission to help someone. You don't need permission to help someone. And if there's someone, and if you need help helping someone, call the church. Like, we'll we'll point you in the right direction. We'll come alongside you. We'll equip you to serve in the place that God has called you to serve. And so my question for you is not, are you going to serve? Because I don't, I don't want to leave it open-ended. How are you going to serve this year? How are you going to serve this year? There was a little card in your seat. We put it there so you, you're either sitting on it and you just discovered it. It's probably pretty warm by now. Or you've been holding on to it and you've been thinking, man, I don't have enough time. Just pray about it. Fill it out. Return it to the Welcome Center. Amen? Let's stand. Everybody good? Awesome. I want you guys to pray this prayer after me if we could all bow our heads, close our eyes. I want you to say, Dear Father, Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me purpose. Give me the strength to live out this purpose by serving others. Help me to walk in humility and to consider not only my needs, but the needs of others. Help me to see others with eyes of compassion. Help me to be the answer to someone's prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, Just visit us at bfcthomasville.org.